hello. Welcome to Be Your Best Self-Health Chats, weekly casual conversations about taking health into your own hands. I am your host, Kristen Longacre. I could start and end this episode with one simple sentence. Fast food is still fast food. But that also wouldn't be fair to anyone who truly wants to learn. Before we jump in, here's a quick recap of what we've been talking about on Be Your Best Self-Health Chats for the last few weeks. The theme of this series has been 10 reasons your diet isn't working. To recap, they are, you are dehydrated. You're focusing on quantity over quality. The gut punch from last week, are you really sticking to your diet like you say you are? Fast food is still junk food. You're not eating enough protein. You are averaging less than six hours of quality sleep a night. You are eating too much sugar. You're not moving your body. You're only focusing on cardio. It's not custom to you. This week, as noted, we're going to dig in more to fast food is still fast food. While I get the convenience, we are relying too much on fast food these days and often deem it as healthy options as a good substitute for a home-cooked meal. I'm not saying you shouldn't rely on fast food. However, it's important to know what you're getting yourself into when you are relying on fast food. We carry out weekly in our house and finding a healthy alternative is not always easy and lately for me has been even harder being gluten and dairy free. There are so many hidden ingredients in all of these fast food things that we're going to dig into more today especially ones that might surprise you when I tell you how many ingredients are in a simple chicken breast from a very well-loved chicken restaurant. There are always ways to make your fast food meal a healthier option, but there are things to consider before pulling up to the drive-up window. Before we get into those things to consider, let's talk about why fast food is not the healthiest, beyond the obvious, salt and sugar. You can walk away from McDonald's feeling bloated, full of sodium, and you just know that you just ate pure salt. But fast food is meant to be prepared fast. That means most likely it was prepared ahead of time and then warmed up when you pulled up into the drive-thru. As much as you wanna believe you're getting fresh ingredients from your favorite fast food restaurants, whether it's tubes, frozen patties, whatever, preservatives need to be used to have it ready to go in a quick order. Think about it. You pull into the drive-thru and you're out of the drive-thru in hopefully less than five minutes. You can't cook a delicious hamburger in less than five minutes. Because of that, you're not just getting a simple ingredient like a grilled chicken patty when you order a grilled chicken sandwich. Not to single out any restaurant, but I use Chick-fil-A as an example because it's the one I run into the most with my nutrition clients, often deeming their grilled chicken sandwich a healthy alternative to the standard chicken nuggets and fries they have to offer. While yes, it is a better option, but I wouldn't necessarily say their grilled chicken sandwich is healthy. We talked about preservatives, but when I looked at the Chick-fil-A website, the sandwich itself, no condiments added, just the bun and the meat, has over 60 ingredients. 60 ingredients in two pieces of bread and a piece of chicken. Before you blame it all on the bread, the chicken itself has over 20 ingredients. According to the Chick-fil-A website, at the moment, ingredients also vary by location, so it could be different where you are. 
I am not here to just bash Chick-fil-A. Keeping in mind, they need to do what they need to do to make it a fast meal. They need to preserve the meat. They need to put flavor in it so people want to come back and eat it again. But it does lead to the question, how much of that meat is actually meat? According to the Chick-fil-A website, in my location, there are two types of chicken breast meat in the sandwich, along with water, apple cider vinegar, soybean oil, modified cornstarch, salt, yeast extract, sugar, xanthan gum, and the list continues with more seasonings to add flavor. Is a grilled chicken sandwich the healthier option to the deep fried chicken? Absolutely. Should it be considered healthier than cooking at home? No way. So how do you eat fast food in a healthy way? Eating a healthy diet at a fast food restaurant almost seems like an oxymoron, and I'm sure you could agree with me just by listening to any health podcast out there. In some instances, it definitely is. But again, it goes back to your definition of healthy. What is healthy for you might not be healthy for the person sitting next to you. We all have our own definitions of it based on our individual body and our goals. So when it comes to being healthy, when it comes to your diet, Eating fast food may not be great, but it may not be that bad. So how do we make it an overall general healthy option? Go in with a plan and a backup plan. I will forever encourage my nutrition clients to read the menu and the ingredients when possible prior to eating out somewhere. I realize that's not always an option, but do your research, do some digging, at least get an idea of what you're going to eat. Read the menu, not just for the food you like, but really anything that sounds good. You want to have a plan, and that option that you normally pick might not be the best option for you today. Don't stop at the number of calories. We talked last week about quality versus quantity, and even though the calories are the easiest to find, you need to look at more than just the calories. Sometimes that 1,000 calorie salad is still going to be the better option than that 800 calorie burger. Yes, it is crazy to think about, but look at the protein, look at the carbohydrates, look at the vitamins, if there are any, and the ingredients. Not to mention, are there any vegetables in there? Probably not, but it's worth throwing out there. Also keep an eye on the sugar and sodium levels. A lot of times they will be listed in terms of a daily percentage based on a 2000 calorie a day diet. How much of your daily intake is in there? I've seen one chicken nugget alone be 20% of your daily income, daily intake of salt. That's a pretty big deal. You can eat your entire daily sodium intake in one thing of chicken nuggets, depending on where you're getting it from. I'm going to zero in on things like smoothies and salads for a minute. We've already knocked down grilled chicken sandwiches, so why don't we take the punching bags a little bit further here? I say this in jest, but The truth is, these are the options that people often will lean on, deeming them healthy because they sound like a healthy option. You know, smoothies are made with fruit, salads are made with vegetables. The ingredients and nutrition labels can be a game changer when you actually spend time looking at them. Smoothies might not always be the healthiest option. I've seen smoothies made with ice cream before, and a lot of times they're made with frozen purees that are not necessarily actual fruit. It's more of the equivalent of a pie filling, which is filled with sugar, added sugar, 
versus the natural sugars that you would get from something like just pureeing pure fruit. So look at how much actual fruit is in it. Look at the processed sugars versus natural sugars. Just look at the ingredients. That alone is going to tell you what's in your smoothie. The ingredients list will help you determine how much of the ingredients you actually know what they are. If there's a bunch of words you don't recognize, probably might be worth skipping over and how much added sugar and stuff is in the smoothie. Plus, you'll catch the ice cream hopefully too. Same with salad dressings. The best way to make a salad taste good is to load it with dressing, right? Eh, in my opinion, it's to add more veggies. But spend time reading the ingredients. Maybe just changing the dressing that comes with your salad could go a really, really long way. Not to hate on ranch, but it's not the best option. There are better ones out there. You can always bring your own too if that's the concern. If you are planning on getting a salad, which we'll get to in a minute, ahead of time, bring a dressing from home that you know works well. That could not only cut back the calories, three or 400 calories, but it could also cut back a lot of the fat, sugar, and sodium you're about to take in. Always have a backup plan in mind. You know, the McDonald's ice cream machine is always broken. According to my son, there is actual facts behind it. It never really does work. But you never know when other machines are going to be down. They might be have certain food items out of stock. I know there's oftentimes avocado shortages. And if you are eating at a place like a Chipotle and you're relying on that avocado, it might not be there. Or it might be crazy expensive to add on to your meal. Having a backup plan puts you in a place where you can avoid having to choose something on the spot. You'll at least know what your body will take in and you will still feel good after eating it, hopefully. From there, continuing on that note, keep an eye on what feels good when you go to each restaurant. Chances are you often frequent the same places. Keep a note in your phone or write down how you're feeling after you're eating there. For example, if you felt totally fine after eating that chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A, you might not hesitate to get it again. But if you felt pretty miserable, it might be a sign that it's not a good choice for your body. We're not going to dig too far into gut health today, but feeling miserable isn't just nausea or acid reflux. It could mean being exhausted after a meal. It could mean having massive brain fog or seeing heightened anxiety. All of those things are a sign that your body did not agree well with that meal. How often do you feel that after eating fast food? Heck, you might even feel it all the time and not even realize it. The feelings and how you feel after a meal might change over time. Keep in mind that not only will the ingredients change, but the way your body responds to different foods may too. So keeping a list of what you do and don't agree with will help you with your planning. But to take planning one step further, plan carryout as part of your weekly meals can make it easier to work around. Knowing that every Friday night is pizza night or when you're planning your week that Wednesday is just going to be straight up crazy, penciling it in as your meal for the day allows you to have a plan before and after the fast food. For example, let's take Wednesday evenings. Maybe you have a lot of activities from the moment kids get home from school to the moment they get to bed. Instead of throwing away the whole day, knowing that you're going to eat out that night, plan ahead. Make sure your breakfast and lunch truly fits what is healthy for your body. Make sure you hit your water intake for the day because you're going to need it with the salt that comes with it. Also, make sure you know exactly what on the menu is going to go well with your body. So that way you can 
swing through the meal, make it not a big deal, and move on with the rest of the night. That will also help you in the morning staying on track, feeling good getting out of bed, and being ready to go. Water is going to be key in that instance, but also knowing your body is going to make a big difference. One meal a week out of 21 meals is not going to be the end of the world, but fast food is still fast food. It's meant to be fast, it's meant to be made fast, and it's meant to taste good. It's not meant to be healthy. Eating out for multiple meals a week when the food doesn't agree with your body is not going to help you make progress on your diet or your health goals. So keep that in mind as you make your meal plan for the week. Sure, maybe cooking at home seems like a bigger chore, or maybe cooking at home seems like impossible to fit within your schedule, but you've got to look at the trade-off. Is it worth it to your health goals? Is it worth it to your diet to spend the extra time on Sunday cooking at home so you don't have to have that crazy Wednesday night running through the drive-thru? You don't have to say goodbye to eating out altogether. That seems nearly impossible. But spending a little bit more time up front, spending a little bit more time researching, planning, knowing what you're getting yourself into can lead to much better long-term results. As always, it's great to have you here. And if you have a chance to visit iTunes or Spotify to rate and review, I would greatly appreciate it. The more reviews you give, the more people that can find this podcast. Send it to a friend. Come check back in next week.